right, good morning, everybody, and those of us joining us online. Let's begin with a word of prayer as we start our service here. Father, we thank you for this very moment right here where we get to worship you and where we get to show ourselves faithful to, to uh, the study of the word, to the gathering of the saints, and to reflecting on the truth that you have for us to set us free and to, to help us live the, the spiritual life. And so we ask that you be with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, gentlemen. Uh, if you notice, our, our band isn't here today. They, they are doing other things, and so it's good. It's just us. But nonetheless, worship is all things in our life, right? Worship is getting into the Word. Worship is how we give. Worship is our, is our time. And, and everything that we do in our life is actually worship. So I'm going to dive right into our, our, our devotional for today. Now in this devotional, talking about the five wounds of humanity, the scriptures are replete with the fact that we are in desperate need of a Savior. And we're in need of a Savior for, on, on, many, on many levels. One, you don't have to live life very long before you realize that you're wounded, that you've experienced wounds. Now, I read a book recently called Be Strong. It's by a man named Steve Spicer, and his nickname is Spice. But he talks about the five core wounds of humanity. And the five core wounds of humanity are this. Fear, anger, deceit, shame, sadness. When I look at somebody, and, and the world might see someone different. Like if they see an angry man, they might think, man, that, that's, that's a jerk. That's an angry man. You know what I see now? This has radically changed my life. I see a man who's wounded. If I see someone driving on the road that's, that's driving with road rage, I don't see some jerk now that I want to flip off. I see some guy like, wow, I wonder what's going on. One of the stories that Spice tells here, he said he's a guy with road rage. And he talks about the fact that his dad never affirmed him, never loved him as a kid. Later on in life, they reconcile, but he puts it all in the book. But he talks because his dad didn't give him the affirmation that he needed, he turned to other things. Now, he was a big guy, so he turned to football. And he noticed every time he, he was, every time he would, smash someone on the sidelines as a coach saying, yeah, attaboy spice. And it filled his love tank, in, in my words. It filled his soul like, wow, that's a, that's a good feeling. The scientists or the psychologists say he got a little shot of dopamine. And he would hit him again. He would smash him again. Attaboy spice. He'd hit him again. Attaboy spice. He did this all throughout high school, and he got a scholarship in college. And in college, same thing. The more he would smash people, he would get this affirmation on the side, on the sidelines. boy, Spice. And then he tries out for the NFL. And he doesn't make the NFL. Too small, not fast enough. But he still needed that affirmation. So he went to the business world. And in the business world, they gave him a weapon. Well, it was a business car. But Spice used it as a weapon. And he, he, he was in sales. So every time he would make a sale, he'd get that affirmation from his boss. boy, Spice. Man, you're doing good. Man, you're salesman of the year again. 
And as he was driving his car around, he would notice if you got in between him and his next sale, you're going to get it. I mean, he would tailgate people all the way. He would say, get over, get over. And he would point at them and intimidate them and actually run them off the road or block them and get out and get in their face. One time he was driving and his wife, a petite wife, right, driving right next to him, and there's this guy getting in his way. And they're not even, they're, they're just going to have uh, a weekend together. And this person's driving, and, and Spice's road rage is out of control, and he's, boom, and he's going next to the guy, and he's like, get over, get over. And he runs this guy off of the shoulder, and he's about to get off, and he feels this chest, this fist right in his chest. And his wife has been trying to talk to him the whole time, and he never heard her because his eyes went red, road rage. And she was, she'd been crying. She's like, stop, stop. And he woke up and he realized, holy cow, I got road rage. In hindsight, he makes this connection. He's got road rage because he's, he's trying to get approval from his boss. He's trying to get approval from his boss because he likes that feeling. He's trying to get approval from his boss because he couldn't get it in the NFL. He couldn't get it in the NFL because he didn't make the NFL. He got that from his high school coaches all the way back to the time when he didn't get approval from when he was a kid. The word tells us that our actions are indicative of what's really going on in our heart. The heart of every issue is the issue of the heart. That approval that that man seeks is actually found in God. I'm not going to turn there, but in Philippians, God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. When we find our affirmation or approval in men, then we begin to chase it. And let me use I statements. Every time I don't seek my affirmation in God, every time I don't receive my affirmation in God, I'll chase it through other people, I'll chase it through other things, and I'll become an angry man. I've experienced that road rage. I experienced that rage in my house on sev in several ways. So the core, the core wounds here... If you see this is a tree and there's five wounds on it, fear, anger, deceit, shame, sadness, a fear wound can be anything that in your life where you've experienced fear, there, there's a wound there. And when it's undealt with, then a man or woman will live in a world full of triggers. If you've caused fear in others, they're wounded and that needs to be dealt with. The anger wound is, is a wound that says, you owe me something. I'm angry at you and you owe me something. That's a wound. And if I walk around with this wound, then I will be bitter and resentful. The antidote, the healing for the wound of anger is the cancellation of debt. It's, hey, you no longer owe me. You no longer owe me. And God begins to heal that wound. And you fill it with truth. In Ephesians, we are to be angry and not sin. In Ephesians 4, it says we are to be angry and not sin. A lot of people like quoting that and saying, see, it's not a sin to be angry. You can be angry and not sin. But if you keep reading at the end of that chapter, it says, get rid of all anger. 
So you can be angry and not sin, but if you hold the anger, you have now, you have now stepped into sin. God wants us to get rid of it all. For fear, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, 2 Timothy 1.7. So when we fear, we're, we're, we're poking at our wounds, we're picking at our scabs. We have to be able to list our fears and say, here's where my fear is, God. I did this the other day where, where I sat down. I was at pass an ID, four in the morning, getting an ID. And I was sitting there reading my book, and it said, right here, it said, list some of your greatest fears right off the bat. Fear I'm going to mess my kids up one day. I mean, for, for the hypocrisy in my own house. Like that, I get up here and I preach grace and peace and I get home and I'm freaking out about um, messy laundry and spilled milk and things like that. That's a fear of mine. And I'm role modeling it for you here today and those of you watching online to say that you can get all your fears out. The more we keep these wounds, the more we keep these fears inside, it kills us from the inside. But freedom is found in the expression of something, not the depression of something. When I express it, it gets exposed. It loses its power. Another fear I had was going deep with my wife, talking about things that I might have to show vulnerability, talking about deep topics. I'd rather just avoid it and have fun. That's me. But when I confess this before my brothers here today, when I confess it in my small groups on Tuesday, when I confess it in my small group on Saturday morning, when I confess it in my small groups throughout the week here in this place, I experience healing from that wound that stays, that's very deep. We were never meant to carry around fear. We were never meant to carry around fear because God is great. And 1 John, perfect love casts out fear. And when I know and I realize I'm loved by God, I fear no more. If I realize God loves me and he's accepted me and he's approved of me, then I don't need to fear man anymore. I'm actually not afraid of anybody. Except for my wife. Except for my kids sometimes. Except for my boss sometimes. See, what, see the first thing I said is I'm not afraid of anybody. But if I'm being honest, I can start to pick apart all the areas where I experience fear and then I realize my eyes off of God, eyes are off of God, and I get them back onto the Father through confession and repentance. So I say, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is what it looks like, gentlemen, when I experience fear in my life. Father, I've experienced fear right now. Thank you for your forgiveness. I actually am experiencing fear in this area of my life. Thank you for your forgiveness. I give it to you, God. All right, what do you want me to do now? Okay, okay so you want me to move into this conversation with my wife and go ahead and tell her all the bad things I've done? Okay, I'll do it. See how it works? I'm moving right into fear. Courageous people have fear. They just push right through it. To have courage means you don't have fear. It means you have fear and you push right through it. So... Fear is a wound. God's got that. We're not created to fear. Every single human being is created to be courageous. But that's a wound. 
Anger is a wound. We experience it from our dads, our moms, our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters. And if we hold them against, if we hold it to them, we hold this, this uh, resentment, then we perpetuate that wound. When we tear up the bill and say, you owe me nothing, I experience healing. Deceit. Fear, anger, deceit. Deceit is the wound that says, I'm going to wear this mask. Everything's okay. Church is, a, is, a one, church is a, such a common place for this wound to happen. What happens at church? Hey, brother, we dress up nice, right? Got my nice shirt on. Hey, brother, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Oh, how's it going? It's great, man. And deep down inside, an hour ago, I just ripped up my kids for not getting in the car fast enough. I'm not being honest about what I did on the weekend. I'm not honest about what's on my phone. I'm not honest about an experience I had with somebody last week. I'm not, I'm not being honest with the, with the drugs that I struggle with. I'm not being honest with my hypocrisy. And the word says it's, it's, it's like a mask. And the only way to get over this thing of deceit, the only way through this thing is to be honest and to say, God, I confess I'm a phony. And I've been lying to all my friends. I noticed that, God. The things that come out of my mouth, I'm lying. I just can't stop lying, God. So what do you say to me, Lord? You don't need to lie anymore, Ryan. Just be honest. How many of us have been caught in lies and, and the struggles? Like, oh, should I? Oh, my gosh, you just lied about something. I remember, I remember lying to my wife about something one time. And the Holy Spirit's so quick in my life. He goes, that, that, that's a lie. That's a lie. And then I go, oh, am I going to have to, am I gonna have to tell my wife about this? And I've had some very, very hard conversations. Let me just be totally vulnerable here, okay? I had a lustful thought from an, of another woman. I wounded my wife. I wounded myself. Did anything happen? No. That was my justification for not telling her. Well, I mean, nothing happened. It was just a look. So I don't have to tell her. That's the enemy. The enemy's whispering constantly, well, you didn't, you didn't do anything. It was just one look. It was just two looks, whatever. And now the fear, and now the deceit, now that everything's, everything's good, and God's saying, step into that, Ryan. Step into that, step into that fear. And my wife and I were fighting one time, and we sat down on the couch, and I said, babe, I, I've been living in fear again. So here it goes. And I just had that hard conversation. I said, I am so embarrassed to say this, but... It, Man, I, I experienced lust and these horrible thoughts, and I unpacked it for her. I can unpack the whole thing for you if we have a cup of coffee one day, sit down at the coffee shop. But I unpacked the details because it's the details that had me in bondage. This is the oldest trick in the book that the enemy wants to have in our lives, is that you can't, well, you, yeah, give some sort of like vague uh, confession. And God's saying, just let it all out there. I'm your savior. I forgive you. No shame at all, which is the next wound. So we covered fear, anger, deceit, and now shame. Shame is this nasty thing that God never created us to be, never created us to have. Now, if you look at the first book of the Bible in Genesis, where does shame come from? Who was the first person to experience shame? Remember Adam and Eve? I mean, who created clothes? Why do we have clothes on? Because to be naked is shameful. 
we'd feel it. Like my, now my dogs, when I had dogs, they don't feel any shame. They go to the bathroom, lift their leg up, showing the whole world their junk. No shame at all. Humans experience shame because it's, it's, it's tied to sin. And when, when man fell, he configured clothes for himself, a fig leaf. And God said, who, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? And so, so shame can be experienced on all different levels. Some people will have shame based off the color of their skin. Some people experience shame based off of how much money they had when they were growing up, how much money their parents had. Some people experience shame with their weight, with their body type. Look at me. I'm five foot one. Sometimes I experience shame when I'm standing next to normal-sized people. I'm like, dude, I'm small. But that's the world telling me that. And if I see myself through God's eyes, then I see myself, God says, man, I'm going to make you just the way I want you. So when your family gets locked out of the house one day, they'll be able to put you through the bathroom window and you'll be able to let them in. That's a true story. You do that too? Nice, Irvin, nice. I remember one time we were locked out of the house. We're like, oh, man, we're locked out. So you know a little bathroom window like this big? We opened it. They put me through, right? I think I legs through. My dad put me through, and I'm like climbing through. Save the day. But it's just seeing myself through God's eyes instead of the world's eyes, instead of the enemy's eyes. Um, I used to have a lot of shame how my hair parts in the back. You know, like I get this hair that stands up. I used to have a lot of shame for that. Those are little distractions from the enemy to get my eyes off of God and onto other things. So you have your fear, anger, deceit, shame. When I experience shame, I just give it to God. God, I feel, I'm feeling shame for this. I'm giving it to you. Now there's a difference between guilt and shame. Do we know the difference between guilt and shame? Guilt says, I did something wrong. Shame says, I am a bad person. I did something bad, guilt. I am a bad person, shame. God doesn't want anything, any, any one of those for us. He wants us to say, man, I did this. That is wrong. Who am I really? Man, that's not me. That was the false me. That was the false self. Man, I shouldn't have done that because my identity is in God. I'm created in the image of God. I don't have to do those things. God, who am I in you? And God whispers to me, you're adopted. You're regenerated. You're baptized in the Spirit. You are sealed with the Spirit. You are redeemed. And on and on and on and on. I got a list of 100 things of our identity in Christ. But every time I get my eyes off of my identity in Christ and onto how I'm feeling, I'm a wreck. I'm a wreck. I'm walking around like a guy that's wounded, like, oh. I'm walking around like a guy that's pissed off all the time because I haven't dealt with my wounds. And these things can come back any time to haunt me. But the more I see my wounds, the more I see my scars, the more I see them, I, I go, I see that scar, Lord. That belongs to you. You died so I can live free and I don't have to walk around with a chip on my shoulder. So you got fear, anger, deceit, shame, and sadness. Sadness is that final wound here at the end. Sadness or loss has to do with a loss in your life. Maybe you're, well, this is real, right? I mean, we just lost a bunch of friends. Nine guys. Nine guys died. 
Nine guys who did their memorial two days ago. It's a lot of loss. It's a lot of loss for the families. It's a lot of loss for the unit. I mean, I mean you, spent, you spent countless hours with those dudes, right? That's loss. And when we, when we, if we focus on our losses and we miss what God's doing in the bigger picture, that he is sovereign, then we stay wounded. There's another thing we can lose. Maybe you lost your innocence early on. A subject matter expert on sexual abuse is Dan Allender. Now he says nobody really finds pornography on their own. You might have. It's rare. But the chances are someone gave you pornography. And whoever gave you pornography really sexually violated you. I remember the first time someone gave me porn, it was, it was in the 90s, right, when I was in high school. And this guy was in science class. And he goes, hey, pulled out of his backpack a cassette tape. Not a cassette tape, a VHS tape. You guys remember what a VHS tape is? It was a VHS tape. And I was innocent then, up until that, that was my sophomore year in high school. He goes, hey, man, why don't you, why don't you watch this? I was like, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what it was. I had no idea put in the little VHS player, and, and I had lost my innocence. Right then and there, boom. No longer, I was like, what is this? It was never the same. Right. Piqued my curiosity, too. And I had a friend who owned a, a Mini Mart. It was a Cambodian guy, Mini Mart. Could get an unlimited supply of porn. Sexual abuse again. And again and again, that's my sophomore year. So I was late in the game. Usually people are experiencing this way early on in life. Anybody, can anybody relate? Someone give you porn one day? You lost your innocence on that day. That's a wound. Well, we don't have to live in these wounds. We could find healing in Jesus' name. God, when I was this old, someone gave me this explicit material, and I was never the same. I didn't feel right. It perverted my, my thoughts on how I thought healthily about sex, about sexuality. It twisted my mind. And I delved in, and I, and I became an addict and all these, and God's saying, that's why I died. Think about this. Jesus died as if he was the one that gave you that pornograph, uh, pornographic material. Think about that. Jesus died as if he was the one that abused you. Jesus died on the cross as if he was the one that, that sexually abused you. Jesus died on the cross as if he was the one that, that killed your loved one in a murder or, or whatever. When we think about Jesus dying on this cross, the cross is covered by this screen, but if you think about Jesus dying on the cross, he died a sinner's death. He paid for every sin that anyone's ever done on this earth to take that shame away and off of us so that we could live life in freedom. And like I said today, we just touched over the wave tops of these five wounds. Again, fear, anger, deceit, shame, and sadness are wounds that Jesus experienced when his life on earth. It's wounds that we all have experienced here on earth. They are wounds that we all carry around with us, but we don't have to live wounded. Today we can say, God, I experience all these wounds fear, anger, deceit, shame, and sadness, and I give them to you. And this is going to be a daily occurrence. 
This is going to be preaching the gospel to yourself every day. God, here, here we go again. I'm experiencing anger. I'm experiencing anger. I confess my anger to you. Thank you for your forgiveness. I remember back when, when I was abused here, and it's affecting me, but God, I give that to you. God, you died on the cross as if you were the one that did that to me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Okay, now I choose to repent now from the way I'm acting. I choose to repent from my road rage. I choose to repent from the abuse that I'm uh, incurring on others, the way I talk to others. I'm so crass in my language. I'm so sharp with my words. I have such a critical spirit. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. This is what it looks like for me, guys. Confession and repentance in the midst of community day in, day out. I don't do life alone, and neither should you, neither should anybody, neither should you. We're created to live life in the body of Christ. And so that's what I wanted to show you today. Now, a tree that is healthy looks like this. It's healthy. It's producing fruit. It's vibrant. I love the way my friend Steve, Steve Schwartz, he illustrated this for me. But look at, if you see, it's like a night sky inside there. You know how I interpret that? It's a mind that's clear. You see how quiet it is in here right now, gentlemen? A mind that is clear and free is a mind that's, that's quiet. It's totally quiet. It's not raging. It's not filled with all these thoughts. Is someone going to find me out? Are they going to find out I'm a fraud? Are they going to find out I'm a phony? I'm a fake? I'm a poser? No. A mind that is clear and, and a person who has, has all their sins confessed has a clear conscience and a clear mind and they're operating like this in peace. God, I'm not afraid of anything because I can't be found out because I'm already exposed. <laughs> See, my wife called me one day and she said, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm not going to be scared at all because I've already told her everything. If you come up to me and say, hey, I know something about you, I'm not scared. I've already confessed everything I've ever needed to confess. That's what God offers us in this community that we have here on this specific camp. It's what God offers me every Saturday morning when I, when I get together with a bunch of other Mark Men for Christ. It's what God offers me on Tuesday nights when I'm with my wife and our community group with two other couples and all of our kids. See, I, I'm, I'm known in all these different communities because God wants me known Monday through Sunday. Sunday through Saturday. He wants me known every day of the week. So I'm always known. I'm always loved. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to set us free. He came so that we could live free. And I'm living free when I'm living free from all these wounds. I am not living free if I'm free from four of these wounds and the fifth one's just kicking my butt. So with that, gentlemen, let me close this in prayer and this will conclude our time here. Father, we thank you that you are the healer. Thank you that despite these things that we've experienced in our lives, despite these wounds that we've incurred, just by living life, just by being innocent children and someone coming in and wounding us, that you died on the cross of you, as if you were the one that wounded us. And you took away those things. You, you are the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And Lord, right now I'm experiencing your freedom. How light it is to have none of this sin on my back because you've taken away all of it.
You've healed all my wounds. By your wounds, I've been healed. Thank you that nobody here, nobody listening to this message ever has to carry around a wound, a scar, a chip on their shoulder ever again. So we thank you. Lord, speak to us. Show us where our wounds are. Show us the masks that we wear. Show us where we're being a poser. And love us through other people. So we love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll see you next week.